My name is Alana and you are listening to Give a Damn, a podcast that intentionally and mindfully explores life's common challenges in order to break down the barriers between us and become the best version of yourself. for being back on the Give a Damn podcast. I'm so excited uh, for my conversation today to bring with you all. I've been having just such wonderful conversations with people, and I think this is such a good time to hear from a lot of other people, hear about their experience. So once again, to the Give a Damn mission, we all feel less alone with what we're going through. Um, so without further ado, I want to introduce you all to Eric Rias. Eric is a coach, pretend writer, and host of the Hearts Over Everything podcast. Um, I'm so excited for you to hear our conversation. So here we go. Welcome, Eric. Hey, how's it going, Alana? I'm good. How are you? I'm chilling. I'm chilling. Awesome. So Eric, you were so sweet to have me on your podcast last week so you got to get to know me and now i'm so excited to get to know you so i love to just start with like a general intro can you just tell everyone a little bit about who you are where you're from like what you do just like just kind of an overview is first let me ask is it okay if i cuss i'm not planning on it but it'll probably oh my god i cuss all the time go ahead (laughs) it'll probably happen but um i'm eric rice i'm a fitness and healthy lifestyle coach been in the fitness industry uh, since 2013, uh, moved to California from Queens, New York in 2013, moved, went to rehab. I was a recovering heroin addict, uh, jumped right into fitness, became, you know, one of those obsessed fitness people um, and really navigated that body dysmorphia steroid kind of thing, um, really created a coaching program that's kind of an inside out approach really something more comprehensive as opposed to just get beach body ready. So that's what I do to make money. Um, I put out a book in 2017 or 18. That's why I say I'm a pretend writer, but it's really a workbook. Um, you know, it's in the 12 step community. We're encouraged to take inventory on a regular basis. Um, and I was experiencing a serious depression and that's what I started doing. I started taking inventory and small, simple steps every day. Cause if anybody who's been depressed, sometimes it's hard to do the dishes or, you know, so mop the floor, take a shower. And that's what I was experiencing. So, um, I created my intentions book and put that out. So I'm a pretend writer, not, not like a, you know, I didn't write a novel or anything. Um, and, uh, I have a blog, uh, do my, do our podcast hearts over everything. It started out with, uh, just my homies. We're all from everybody I'm really with is from different cultural and ethnic backgrounds. So I was like, Hey, we're all, you know, you know, we're represented here. Let's just start having conversations. I am, I'm a chatty Kathy. I can talk really about anything. So I was like, let's, let's start having conversations. It started out as a, it started with um, Hearts and Minds Collective. And that was like a health and wellness podcast. Then we started talking about bullshit and just making dick and fart jokes. Um, and (laughs) And then we would talk about personal development and, you know, it was like that really self helpy for a while. And now it's, you know, I do a monologue once a week. I'm actually uploading uh, one of those to YouTube. We have a YouTube channel, Big Mood TV. Um, So we're uploading that. And then we put out, you know, people's personal stories, whether they're, you know, recovering addicts or people like you or people in the health and wellness space, people 
people who are influencing culture in whatever aspect or just have inspiring badass stories i was tired of hearing myself and i was like it's i don't want to make something all about me that sucks and i'm so selfish and self-centered that everything is already about me anyway so so <laughs> let me like i want to find success putting other people on so now we're getting people to tell some crazy stories um then we still have the podcast we call them Squadcast with uh, myself benny torres and uh, jesse sedeca so um well you know it's a well-rounded podcast i'm really it's my favorite thing to do even more than coaching to be honest with you Oh, that's so cool. I'm laughing because I always say like, I'm a hundred percent a narcissist. Like I love to listen to my, I think if you have a podcast, you got a little bit of narcissism in you, yeah, but then you also want to help your community, um, and give back. You are a busy man, Eric, you have a lot going on and you've accomplished a lot. What I love most about you, um, and what's so important to me and my heart is that you've come so far in your life like we talked about my work at covenant house and um the people who overcome really difficult things are the strongest people in this world it's not it's not the people who have easy lives and just maintain that um if you're comfortable can you talk a little bit about your addiction and sure. but but mostly like how i i have a lot of friends who have um who were addicts and that journey to sobriety can take a really long time like it's a lot of rehab visits it's a it's it's a journey to decide to really want to get clean so what did that look like for you um you know one thing i've listened to thousands of other addicts uh and alcoholics share and there was this general the, the common theme is a general discomfort that i felt long before i ever drank or did drugs my first memories were discomfort my first memories were shame. Now looking back in retrospect and doing work with a therapist, there was sexual trauma. Um, a man, you know, pre preyed on me as a, as a young kid, which I mushed that down for so many years, but, um, and it's mm -hmm. manifest that's manifested in so many different ways that we can talk hours about later. But, um, but, you know, I had the shame, this automatic shame, this fear of embarrassment, this fear of being exposed. And then I went to school with predominantly white people, and there was an identity crisis that I experienced. And by the time I was in junior high school, when drugs and alcohol were presented, I was like, fuck, man, I, I just don't want to feel like this, you know, yeah. I just didn't want to feel I don't know what this is. But I just I prefer this feeling as opposed to that feeling. And it started out a lot of fun, you know, um, wild nights in the woods in New York and in the park and drinking 40s and, you know, but slowly 40s became Xanax and 40s and Percocet and 40s and cocaine and ecstasy and finally progressed to um, my drug of choice was which was heroin that was what uh took me down um and then i've always had you know with the trauma response atta abandonment um attachment styles anxious attachment styles um you know i mental health was was it's always a thing for me i don't i speak you know, in brush strokes, kind of how bad it was, but I really, really, really struggled with that throughout my entire life, as long as I can remember. And drugs for a period of time uh, suppressed that, but uh, a healthy heroin addiction and uh, bipolar disorder and depression really will make, you know, a drug addict, you know, <laughs> bring you to a low. So I'm yeah. very lucky. I got sober at 23. I had one rehab visit because I didn't have anything left. I lost my best friend at 19 and continued to lose friends, um, you know, throughout the, the uh, end of my, my use. I actually lost one of my best friends to addiction two weeks ago. And then another oh. friend of mine a week before that. So 
Um, I've lost more than 20 people that I grew up with, played baseball with, went to junior high school and high school with um, in New York City from from uh, heroin and opiate addiction. So, um, but anyway, I was very fortunate to go to treatment young and uh, doesn't mean it was a straight line. There's no finish line. It's not like when you get sober, life goes back to normal. I still had, still had, uh, you know, still objectified women, still had negative self-talk, still, uh, still had me, you know, drugs were not my problem. You know, I had a, mm. I had a hole in me and, uh, they call it spiritual bankruptcy and moral bankruptcy. I just, I just didn't have values. And really the, 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 the journey of, of sobriety, quote unquote sobriety has not been about drugs and alcohol at all, because through 12 steps, I've had, I've been entirely relieved of any obsession to drink or use, but really the journey has been about contentment. The journey has been about mental health recovery and awareness and advocacy, um, about finding purpose and, and, you know, being myself and being comfortable in my own skin. That's really been the journey as opposed to not shooting heroin anymore. That's not shooting heroin anymore is a byproduct of searching and seeking um, something, you know, larger and grander than myself. Absolutely. So, so when you, you found that greater thing, it seems like you found it in your coaching in your physical health. So, um, so then when did that come into play for it? Was that, was that sort of your um, pull out of this? Like, did you go right into um, working on your body and your health and becoming a coach, a fitness and lifestyle coach, or did that come later? Well, that's, that's an interesting question because I, the coaching isn't what fills me up. Uh, the, mm. the, the service that I am to the world around me is a byproduct of finding a spiritual life, whatever spiritual looks like to anybody. My spirituality is like, in there's no, uh, you know, ceiling on what my spiritual life looks like. I've been, I've, you know, participated in Christian faith. I'm an active uh, proponent of meditation. I meditate every day, never fails. Um, you know, I, I pray often um, and I, I don't have any really religious leanings. I'm just like, hey, however you, I, I'm not God. That's the point. I don't know who God is, but I'm just not it. And uh, it's actually interesting with coaching. Um, I, I sought after you know, having a nice physique. I wanted to be the biggest dude in the room because I was in, I felt insignificant. I wanted to sleep with as many people as I could because I felt insignificant. I wanted to dress a certain way. I wanted to be viewed as a certain person because I felt insignificant. And what relieved all that was finally going inside of myself and seeking inside of myself. Um, and we, you know, often on my podcast, I talk about seeking it externally with our work and with our with our, you know, with our relationships and everything we're seeking externally. And I've actually finally been able to actually uh, actively be of service to the world around me by going inward as opposed to going externally. So product, my productivity doesn't define me. My spirituality defines me. Productivity is a byproduct of. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah. And that makes sense. I, I, um, I say often that the, the only way that you can fill up other cups is to fill up your cup first, right? So it sounds like for you, you really needed to fill up your cup and be comfortable with yourself in order to move that outward. Um, and we've talked a lot about spirituality uh, and what that looks like and how that is different for other people. Um, I'm, I'm curious because you mentioned, you know, you, you use the terms like trauma response and anxiousness and depression. Um, when you found 
when you found yourself in that, like when you found that meditation and that spirituality, do you attribute that to helping ease your depression and anxiety or was that something else for you? No, no, no. That's, um, that was the solution I, I wasn't willing to find. I remember, remember in a meeting, someone said, you know, I was telling them I was one of those people who can so eloquently articulate how bad my life was. You know, I would, I call it mental masturbation. I would like, you know, stroke myself, (laughs) you know what I mean? Just in it, just, and I almost, I found so much of my identity in it. You know, now I have very little tolerance for that. Like, okay, we hear a problem. What's the solution to the problem? That's just the kind of person I am, which could be a little insensitive, but that's just where I, where I am through my own experience. But, um, you know, I, uh, I, tried the medications. I try, you know, people say, do you work out? Or I, you know, I'm a nutrition is kind of my focus. So I focused on all those things. Um, and finally, when I, when I started seeking the answers inside of me, um, when I stopped trying to con- micromanage and control my life, you know, moving people around like chess pieces, you know, um, because mm-hmm. people never do what I want them to do. Right. My kid right. won't even do what I want them to do. My girl won't do anything I wanted to do. Like, just people don't and and when i when i am able to like fully you know uh you know re- you know release that need to control everything and the need to manage it was that's really what it was it was it was managing especially with you know being promiscuous you're date you're talking to and dating so many people it was just chaos it was just chaos to yeah. manage and then and then a business um and then manage money and then manage this and that it was just trying to I was trying to, you know, play a chess game um, that I could never win against myself. And uh, once I and I found that relief of that, um, you know, need to manage it in in a meditation practice. I call it a knowingness. I already I intuitively knew the answers to problems I had, and and uh, you know, intuitively intuitively knew what business decisions to make and you know where to go creatively. And and it's a you know, that's, we talked about a little bit. Uh, I think for me, spirituality is that feeling that, you know, I think we can all, you know, you know, uh, uh, elaborate on that feeling that we, we feel during a spiritual time, whatever that looks like. But for me, spirituality is kind of a knowingness, intuitively knowing how to handle situations that used to blow my fucking mind. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, we, we, we did, you said that knowing is God and, um, and that might look different for other people that God might look different. But I, I think that there is a lot of, there's, I sometimes feel that there's a lot of pressure on uh, religion to save you. So what I love for you is that your journey is not about finding religion to save, to be saved in religion. And that works for some people. And I think that's wonderful. I think Definitely. whatever if it works, you go for need. It. Yeah. I think, I think it's so important if, if, because religion for some is your spirituality, right? And, and your spirituality for you is sort of, is my uh, meditation and yoga. So it looks different for everyone, but I think we all have the common um, bond that a connection to self and feeling grounded. And like, there is something bigger than you out there to support you that you cannot control. You cannot control with other people. You cannot control within yourself is, um, is what sort of brings you back to self and, um, and helps you find yourself. So I'm curious for you, um, through all of everything that you've been through and, you know, you have a beautiful family now, like who, 
with all of it, not just now, like who is Eric Rios? Like, what is your purpose? What is your why that you have discovered through all of this? Um, why, you know, there's some spiritual practice that believe that once you acknowledge your, your sins and your shortcomings, that you are forgiven entirely. Some people believe that. Um, but I'm a firm believer that, uh, for the, the mess that I made, um, the mess that I made, I can, I can uh, make up for with a life of service, you know? Um, and that's really what my goal is now is to, you know, but also to not just be of service anyway, be of service in creating things for people like me, people who look like me, people of color, uh, people who deal with the same afflictions that I deal with, depression, anxiety, addiction, alcoholism, you know, creating things, um, and that can support those people. Um, I, I want to pride myself as someone who's, who's, tries to be of service and wants to be of service. I want to find my identity in that as opposed to finding my identity in the world, which I've for so much of my life I have. Um, so that's what I'd like to say who I am, but that's not entirely the truth. Who I am is selfish and giving. I'm, you know, <laughs> me, I'm mean um, and kind. I'm soft and hard. I'm abrasive and and gentle. You know, I'm all of those things. And I, and I, I, I want to give a message to everybody. Like you're allowed to be both. You're allowed to be both. You know, I love my son and I, uh, kiss him. I kiss his little hands and I love him so, so much, my little one. And, and I also discipline him. I do both. Mm. Uh, and that's, you know, I think, especially now, we have a culture of like manufactured positivity, manufactured, uh, uh, you know, hope and more hope, the better, you know, more crystals, the better, you know, like whatever the fuck, if, if it works, it works, but also allow yourself to be shitty too. Cause I know some spiritual people who are just as shitty as everybody else. I'm sure the Dalai yeah. Lama, I'm sure the Dalai Lama thinks shitty things about people. I'm sure he does. I'm sure yeah. he does. You know, I'm sure people, you know, everybody does everybody does so um let's allow space for both so that's what really who i want to identify with is is the du you know the dual human the duality of life that's that's really and that's some woo, -woo shit but that's a yeah. way to, that, that's a way for me to forgive myself to be honest with you and to create space for myself to be okay you know because we we're so quick to to you know judge ourselves for being not the best you know and and Am I, am I just, am I just shitty all the time or am I shitty and great at the same time? Probably a little bit of both. Some days more shitty than others. Some days more great than others. Right. Yeah. I love that you're saying this because I think that you touched on like forgiveness, like forgiveness. We're not all, we're not all good. And social media makes you feel like when you look at these people who are posting things that influencers and this and that, that they have it all, that they have all the money and they're happy and they're perfect bodies and all this. And that's not attainable. That's not true. Everybody has bad moments. Everybody's been through tough things in their lives, but being able to forgive yourself for those things is the only way to liber liberate yourself to move forward. And in fact, I actually think, Eric, like your message is so important because more than ever, we need people who are who are walking the walk now to say, I didn't always walk the walk. 
I didn't always talk the talk and this is what I overcame, but it's okay. That's part of my story, but it doesn't have to be my life, you know? And so I love that you're honest about that. I don't think everybody's honest because it's uncomfortable because they have not forgiven themselves yet. So I really just want to say that I appreciate that a lot from you. That's really big, big for me. And I think that our community needs that, that you're not just changed forever and now you're a saint. No, you're always going to have shitty moments. I, you know, I feel the same way. And then that way, if you do, you don't just think, well, I'm going to give up because I can't just be good. No, we're all, we're all just doing our best. Um, and you seem to be doing a great, great job. So I want to, um, I would just want to touch on the, um, the self-help piece. So you talked a little bit about, I know that it, your coaching. Um, is that just for men? Is that for women as well? What is your sort of unique, um, what is the unique you that you bring to this or what's your, what's your philosophy? Um, you know, I work with predominantly, I actually, I know exactly who I work with. I work, I work with people who are humble. (laughs) So people usually from 30 to 60, I'm not working with, I'm not build your booty guy. That's not my jam, <laughs> nor, nor do I want it to be. It's never been my jam. Um, I work with people who have realized that they cannot do it on their own, that they really need to make, you know, long-term lifestyle shifts. So my, I created a program that's super comprehensive, really, you know, covers all bases and infuse, um, it infuses uh, people with resources. That's what I'm I'm about, I want people to sign up with me and be over, you know, overflowed with resources and be able to, uh, you know, take, learn things on their own because, you know, often with, with my personal training clients, I was doing all the legwork. I was picking the, picking the workout, creating, you know, scheduling the workout, picking the weight, adjusting the weight, picking up the weights and putting them up. They weren't doing anything and I wasn't equipping them, you know, and, you know, equip is a word that, uh, you know, a lot of Christian Jews. And that's really what I, what I want to do now is equip people with philosophy, um, the thought, the reasons as to why we're doing things. So the philosophy, uh, the science, most importantly, uh, the rhyme and reason as to why we're doing things scientifically, and then the execution and really, you know, facilitate um, people learning how to execute this, um, you know, well after they're, they've completed with me. So usually women and couples between the ages of 30 and, and 60, really, I've dialed in my niche, people in the corporate space, you know, it's not, you know, college students, I work with people in the corporate space, attorneys, corporate executives, um, you know, people who have focused on their careers, as opposed to focusing on their health and wellness, people who have focused on their families. That's a big thing with couples, they do it, they do it together, because they've been in it raising kids as someone with kids myself it's hard to maintain a healthier lifestyle when you're cooking food for two uh, two kids who don't eat the same thing your partner doesn't eat the same thing in and out sounds good everybody can you know chill on in and out right so (laughs) so it's hard to maintain that and then working out in the morning oh we got to get the kids to school oh then after by the end of the day you're tired i work with those people very well um, and i love to shift a culture in a household that's actually way more powerful uh, to me because obesity not only is you know it's it's culturally hereditary. Does that make sense? So like if you're if there's you know health issues in the household, uh, people not taking care of themselves, kids. That's what kids are watching. My kids watch me and my partner care about our health. Um, we take you know do all the things that we do. They often see us fast. They often they see us you know to supplement supplement 
you know, healthily. They see us do all that stuff. Um, they see us be emotionally intelligent. That's a big part of my coaching program too, is journaling cues and, and really taking people, oh. yeah, taking people through, through the, um, the cognitive and the emotional portions of it. Like I said, I really wanted to be comprehensive. I, um, you know, I know what I needed and I know what the people who, who I've seen fall short in my, in my career, I know what they need and I know what's already being covered. You know, I see what's already being covered and, and that's great, but the, the statistics aren't working in our favor or they're, they're showing us that we're missing, uh, we're missing something. Obesity is rising, but the fitness industry is a hundred billion dollar business. What the fuck are we doing here guys? Come on. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Missing, missing sort of that you, you had the body, but missing that mind and spirit piece sort of coming exactly. to the realization of, of, of your, of their why, why, why do you want to be healthy? Not just to look good. I think that that's, that's really incredible. Um, and yeah, and people, and people need things like that. So very cool. I love that. Um, so Eric, I'm curious, you obviously mentioned lots of, um, all of the different things that you do, but one thing that I really like to ask my guests is what is your, and I know you meditate, but what does your morning routine look like? Cause so just, just to preface with, I'm really big on, fit things in when it works for you. So a lot of people say like first thing in the morning, you do this, this, and this, but for some people who have kids or, you know, have a busy schedule, like maybe you can't fit that in first thing, or maybe you can't fit it in at night. So sort of what is, what is your schedule, I guess, morning and evening schedule look like? What are your priorities that you always fit in? Yeah, I'm, I'm a very, um, I compartmentalize and I organize my life, uh, you know, that's probably the recovery piece that I just, and actually I know what it is. It's my mind is chaotic and, and it is, it, that's just the way it is. So I, you know, like my notebook is in front of me right now in the same spot. My wallet is where it needs to be. My computer is in the same spot. You know, I just, that's the way I function. It keeps me safe, you know, and it's not OCD. Mm -hmm. It's, it's actually very, uh, it's just, a, my life is aligned in that regard. So during the quote unquote work week, even though I work from home, um, I wake up, at 5 a.m. Um, I've, I've had, I used to wake up at 3.30 when I had a 5 a.m. client. So I wake up at 5 a.m. every morning. Um, typically I work out by seven. Um, you know, I don't meditate until midday, um, but I get all of my creative work done in the morning. That is when mm. I'm most inspired. So, you know, I, like yesterday, I recorded my podcast at, at 9.30 and, you know, I get my creative work done, um, work on that and edit and, and, you know, post and do all that stuff by 11 or 12, um, then meditate. And then the second half of my day is dedicated to checking in with clients. I have a groove. I have uh, specific days that are organized to, uh, uh, for my clients is specific windows twice a week that they have, uh, to check in for their, you know, weekly check-ins. Um, you know, when, now that things are the way they are now, um, you know, I usually do an AA meeting between five 30 or seven 30. Uh, my son goes to bed late, I, not because I want him to. I would love for him to go to bed at 7.30, um, but he goes to bed at 9.50. That's what time he falls asleep. So Ooh, I put later in, than me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I put him in the bath at 8, let him chill in the bath from 8 to 9, um, let him kick it on his iPad from 9 to 9.30 um, or 9.15. Then we're in bed. I, I put my son to bed every night. That That's my my job. So I you know kick it with him, listen to either – Native American music or lo-fi, 
um, count to 20 over and over again with him or count to 100, whatever mood I'm feeling like I want to be in. And then he goes (laughs) to bed and then I go to bed. That is my life is regimented. I know exactly where I'm supposed to be most hours of the day. Um, And that that's that works for me, you know, but here's the thing that I'm very lucky. I get to spend my time doing shit I want to do. So, yeah. so I get everything I'm doing is stuff that I want to do. It's nothing that I have to do. So, you know, working within my business, I want to do that podcasting. I want to do that. So, um, I'm very, I'm very lucky. You know, it's hard. I understand people have nine to five jobs. They have places to be. So they're kind of working around somebody else's schedule. I'm very lucky to do that. But the mental health thing and, and the self-care thing, I've kind of, I believe we can create our own lives and it just takes a sacrifice. Are you willing to be broke? to do what you want to do and that's kind of the trade-off that's the trade-off that i've given i've chosen to be broke for a couple of years in order to live the life that i want yeah you so you got the life versus the lifestyle like we were talking about exactly. uh, the other day so you got it down eric you're on you're on to something great your routine sounds amazing that i just love to ask because everybody's different some people are super regimented i'm i'm like you very regimented um but you know other people just kind of go with the flow and fit it yeah. in when they can so i totally respect your schedule and your hustle thank you um Final question for you, my friend. I ask everybody on the podcast this question. What do you give the most dams about? Um, you know, of providing, giving. I want to give. And I know that's that's such – just saying that sounds like such a shit answer. But the reason the reason I want to give more is because I take. And and I, I, I don't want to – I want my life to be reciprocal. I don't want my life to be – me consuming so if that if that's three podcasts a week then i want to give that away and not ask for anything in return with my coaching program if you're going to pay me money i want to give you more than you've paid me for with my kids i want to give them more time um then you know and make them not feel like they're taking my time but i want to give them my time my partner i want to be of service to her more as opposed to getting more out of her so you know, that's I and I do that intentionally because naturally my resting place is fucking take, man. That's I think that's addictive nature. It talks about in the literature, like AA literature, we're selfish and self-seeking by nature. Um, and I know that about myself. So I really, uh, you know, make it a point to, to, to just to continue to give and try to, you know, give abundantly, you know, and sometimes that's hard. Sometimes I take more than I give. So I that's what I give them most about is providing more and more. Amazing. This was so great. I love talking to you. That's why I had to have you on my podcast, basically just so we could keep talking. Um, (laughs) Eric, thank you for everything that you're giving to our world and our community right now. Just um, before I close out, can you tell people where to find you, where to find your blog, your podcast, your social media? Um, Yeah, it's uh, uh, Big Mood TV on YouTube. Eric underscore big, uh, big mood coach on Instagram, uh, big mood coach.com. Everything's it's pretty, uh, pretty linear. You can find it. Just type it in and it'll come up. So yeah, big mood coach.com, Eric underscore big mood coach and uh, big mood TV on YouTube. Perfect. 
Amazing, my friend. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you sharing your journey and your story with me and the rest of the Give a Damn community. And um, for everybody listening, as always, so important, more important than ever, give a damn about your community, give a damn about your neighbor, but most importantly, give a damn about your damn self. Have a wonderful day, you guys. Thanks, Eric.